Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Guys, today's show is brought to you by Bolster Sleep Company. Bolster Sleep Company is dedicated to helping you sleep well so you can live life more fully. Bolster provides high-quality, hybrid mattresses and bedding. And for every mattress sale made, they provide scholarships and funding to vocational and technical schools in Haiti. That's my favorite part about this company, even though we do have a mattress of theirs, and I love it. I really love what they do in Haiti. Bolster Sleep delivers the rest you need. Use promo code HAPPYHOUR for 10% off your entire purchase today at bolstersleep.com. Again, that's bolstersleep.com, promo code HAPPYHOUR for 10% off. Also, guys, if you ever forget, all of these coupon codes are over on our webpage. All right, friends, today is another Happy Hour show. I'm so glad you are here. If this is your first time to listen, welcome to the Happy Hour. We do this every week. Come join us every Wednesday. I bring a woman on the show and we chat about all kinds of things. And today my guest is Lisa Leonard. Now, you probably have heard about Lisa Leonard for years because she's been designing beautiful jewelry at Lisa Leonard Design, but today we talk a lot about her new book. She released a book called Brave Love, and the book is about just that. She walks through her life and tells us how she's had to experience brave love and how she's had to step out and be brave in loving people and being loved. She believed the lie that she couldn't be loved if the whole, real, true Lisa was seen and known by people. And we talk about that because I think a lot of us deal with that. We fear that. And she tells us it was worth it to show the real Lisa to those that love her. She talks pretty candidly about the time when she was separated from her husband. She talks about parenting her son who was born with disabilities and has special needs and what that looks like on her family every day. My conversation with Lisa was so beautiful. And in fact, we end the conversation with her reading an excerpt from her book. It's the first time I've ever had a guest read a portion of their book on air. And I think it was beautiful. You're going to love it. Okay, before we get to Lisa's interview, I want to tell you one more time about Patreon. We're still having so much fun over at our Patreon party. In fact, if you're a VIP guest, you can watch, you can ask questions. We talked all about parenting last month. And here's a clip of what this is all about. You can hear a little bit of it right here. We're live. We are live. Here's what we want to make sure you know about anytime we talk about parenting, which people have been like, are you going to write a book about parenting? No. Probably not because we're just kind of learning as we go. Sometimes we're like swimming really upstream. Like we can barely keep our head above water. We're like gasping for air. Like the water's like going in your mouth and you're kind of like getting in your lungs and choking a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We're a sophisticated. Sophisticated? No, were you taking the water? You choose a different word. You take in the water. We're drowning. drowning. We're drowning. Listen to these dogs. Marfa, stop. Listen. 
guys, we're at the, this is the big, this, this is, is the, the end, landing. the big finale, the stop. The big, okay, but we will say this finish. about parenting, is that we say that parenting is the hardest gig I've ever had. Um, I feel like it's, sure. there's the most at stake with parenting. Uh, it is where I need Jesus the most. Mm-hmm. Um, it is where I fail the most. Um, but it is also where, it is also where I get to see Jesus show up the most. You guys, it is so much fun. Here's the kicker. If you become a VIP Patreon guest and you can't be there in that moment to watch it, we always give you the audio so you can listen to it again. In fact, if you're a VIP guest, you get four episodes a month for that. A special edition of the happy hour. You get Jamie and friends. You get the mini series and you get unplugged with the IVs. Four episodes a month if you're a VIP guest. And we just want to thank you. For those of you that are already over there, thank you so much. Because of you joining our party, we're able to do more shows. The support helps Ivy Media grow. It helps us add more teammates to the team where we can do more things for you. So if you're interested, go check out jamieivy.com slash Patreon. Okay, you guys, here is my conversation with Lisa Leonard. Lisa, welcome to the happy hour. Thank you for having me. All the way from California. I know, it's so exciting. Welcome to Austin. Thank you. It's my first time here. I hope that you're enjoying it. I am. I'm a little tired from the jet lag. Oh, that's true. You're coming across two time zones. Yeah, two time zones, but I had some really good coffee. Good. Where'd you have coffee this morning? At the Hilton. Nice, (laughs) nice. But it was actually really good. Good. Are you a coffee snob? You know, I do like my coffee a certain way, and I guess I have gotten more snobby, but I'm pretty open like to trying anything. I was having a conversation with some friends yesterday and we we're talking about coffee. And I was like, you guys, I'll if you put seven cups of coffee in front of me, and some of them were awesome and some were McDonald's. Yeah. I don't know that I could tell the difference. Yeah. Like if it has if it's fixed the way you want. Yeah. And I'm weird because I can drink it black. Really? Yeah. I did whole 30 yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah. Well, I did whole 20, I call it whole 28 because I <laughs> gave up after two days. I had two That's days left awesome. and I quit. Talk about- You no, went 28 days. I, I went 28 days. Like I couldn't go two more. Yeah. I know it's awful. You're a rebel. I know. But anyhow, I learned how to drink black coffee. That's really good. I don't drink it black. And if it has cream, I really like it strong. Yeah. So if it's weak, then I'm like, oh, this is like You're coffee like, well, water. Yeah. Why am I drinking this? <laughs> it needed to do its job. Right. Anyhow, welcome to Austin. Thank you. I'm so happy to be I'm here. I'm glad you had good coffee. Okay. So I have known who you are for years. Thank as if you. everyone else has, but we're meeting for the first time today. So it's really great. It's a, very exciting. A lot of worlds colliding. And I'm sure we have a thousand mutual friends. I think so. Yeah. But you're here because you released your very first book last month. I know. It's big. It's really big. It's so vulnerable and exciting. It's such a mix of emotions. What made you want to write a book? For a long time, I didn't want to write a book. And I was kind of blogging and writing and really didn't consider myself a writer. Even though you have been blogging for since the beginning of blog time. Right. But I felt like, oh, well, I blog and I tell little stories, but I'm not really a writer, like in quotes. I don't really know how to write. And I had kind of worked on a book and it just didn't work out. And then some time went by and I was approached by an agent and I, I had kind of been thinking about writing a book. And so I think the time was right. It was the right place in our story to maybe tell it. And maybe I was more ready to be vulnerable. Isn't it crazy? It is crazy. I wanted to write a book for years too, but I look back and I'm like, I'm so glad it wasn't 
five years ago, 10 years ago, whatever. Right. It just needed a little bit more yeah. time. I think yeah. when the time is right, it comes together. Yeah, yeah. So what you have been doing for years is making jewelry. Yes. Okay, we're going to talk about that. But just, I, I, we're not going to talk about that a lot because I have so many things okay. I want to talk to you about today because I read your whole book. Mm-hmm. And Thank you. that's a compliment because I read a lot of books a little. Mm-hmm. I read your whole book. Well, I will take it. Thank you. Yes. And I loved every word of it. And so I think it's very powerful. I think it's much needed in women's lives today and men too. But listen, most women listen to the show. So right. we, we talk to women here. Right. Um, but it's so great. So I want to talk a lot about it. But first, introduce yourself, set up your family. Tell me like the a long elevator ride pitch of your jewelry design company. Okay. Uh, so I'm Lisa Leonard and the jewelry is called Lisa Leonard Designs, which my husband runs and I kind of do the creative and we work together a lot. And we recently l- launched a new brand called Stephen David Leonard with his design, which is super exciting. I didn't even know this. I'm it's sorry. It's so cool. He did such a good job. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. It's like leather bags and like rings and cuffs. And I mean, it is super cool. Congrats, guys. I know that's a big deal. So. It is big. Yeah. Yeah. Stephen David Leonard. Awesome. Um, so we have two boys. David is 16 and he was born with a syndrome called Cornelia DeLange syndrome or CDLS for short. And then our younger son, Matthias is 15 and he's like a creative artist, like intellect, old soul. And Steve and I will celebrate 20 years of being married this summer. Congrats. So yeah, we have like, we have our businesses and our boys and um, lots going on and lots of good stuff and lots of real stuff. Yeah. Are you going to do anything for 20 years? I really want to take a trip, just the two of us, like a bigger trip, like Greece or Spain or something. Like we love to travel and we usually take the boys when we go international and it feels like, oh, it'd be so nice to have a trip, just the two of us. You totally should. Yeah. Barcelona's beautiful. Mm, I haven't been been in the winter. Yeah. I want to go in the summer. So you totally go. Okay, congrats on 20 years. Thanks. Uh, congrats on your boys. Your youngest son sounds a lot like my oldest son. Mm. Um, creative, that kind of thing. I think they look a little bit alike too. Uh, I know. Cute boys. Yes. Yes. Very so they're 18 boys. months apart. That's, yes. David and Matthias are 18 months okay. apart. My kids are all within four years. Now, I didn't birth all of them, mm-hmm. only one. So, but I, but I know that close... Yeah. Taking care of kids at young ages yeah. all at once together. And you go through those stages where they're like clustered in... Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Okay, so you have your jewelry design coming. Let's, I want to talk about that for a second because I have so many women that I know. Right now, I'm t- you know this to be true. 2019, you can do whatever you want. Like, yeah. you dream something, go make it happen. Right. It's just, we live in the craziest time. We really do. There is so much opportunity, I think especially for women, to kind of create something they love and they're passionate, passionate about and find a niche and connect with other women and tell their story. Like it is, it is a different day. It totally is. Now, one thing people might listen like, okay, well, Lisa Leonard Designs, like this is a huge company. She's doing amazing things. But I know because I read your book, uh, it didn't start out what it is today, which that's a, that's a duh, Jamie statement. But some people, they get stuck on that. Yeah. They think, oh, if I can't be like Lisa, then this idea is awful. Yeah, no, it, it takes so much time and vulnerability and risk and lots of failures. I mean, Steve and I have had massive failures where we're like, okay, well, maybe we're just gonna scrap the whole thing. And if the way it started was me, I mean, we were joking on the way here that when I started my jewelry business, in quotes, 
I did not know how to make jewelry. Like, well, I remember you were asking the lady to show you how yeah, to do these things. Over, right. Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't know how to wire wrap. I mean, I kind of knew how to do like how to crimp, how to use crimp beads to create a necklace, but I didn't know how to do earrings or any metal worker. I mean, like really did not know much at all. Yeah. So, and um, you did, you put in the hard work. I mean, yeah. you were doing, everyone thinks like, oh, I'll just hire someone to do it. No. Yeah. You were working in your living room. You were doing shows. You were doing all of these things because you believed. Well, I say you believed. I think that you sometimes, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it was hard. It was a struggle to think, oh, yeah. is this thing going to make it? Right. I think, you know, the things that we might look at someone else and be like, wow, it just happened for them. It takes a lot of risk. And like inviting some people to your home for a home party is incredibly vulnerable. And laying out your designs is so like- It's oh like standing gosh. there naked. Do you yes. like what you're seeing? Yeah. Totally. It's so, it feels like you're just like bearing your soul and hoping they don't reject you. And it's- really scary. And that's no matter what you're doing, whenever you're putting, like whenever you're doing something that really matters to you and it matters to your soul and it's part of who you are, it is terrifying. It's so terrifying. It, it, anything to start something new. And, you know, even with you guys, you're starting this new company. I, I would imagine even with the success you've had, there was a party that was like, is this going to work? Is this I okay? It's so crazy because for Lease Leonard Designs, like Steve has been so supportive and seen the vision. And it's like, like for him, it's like, yeah, we can do this. Like I see the way forward. And then for Stephen David Leonard, I'm like, oh yeah, we can totally do this. And it's his name and his designs. And so he's getting that feeling of like, whoa, when you create something and you put it out there, it is really scary. It is so scary. It yeah. is so scary. Uh, even just coming to the terms I remember in the past couple of years, having to realize, okay, I'm a creative, like I'm creating stuff. And that's where that fear comes from. What if they don't like what I'm doing? Yeah. What if people think this is bad? So congrats on all your work. How long has Lisa Leonard Designs been official? I think we've had it for like 13 years now, maybe 15. No, probably about 13. Yeah. 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 One of my favorite stories, and um, I do want to ask you about this because the girl in your book named Cindy. Uh-huh. I didn't like Cindy either, just yeah. so you know. Mm -hmm. I was mad we at Cindy. We all know a Cindy. We all know a Cindy. Tell me the story about Cindy real quick. So there was a woman who started up a business like a little bit after I started mine and just kind of was inspired in quotes and would take my designs and then call them her own. And she would take my photography style and my words and just really kind of created a website and a brand that looked a lot like mine. And it wasn't just me. I mean, she did it with other hand stamp jewelers as well. But it was, it was so like frustrating. And like, I mean, really, I say this in the book, like I hated her with like, a hate that I really don't feel for a lot of people. And it just, I think I felt stolen from and disrespected. And like, I would spend so much time working on a design and then she would, you know, take it and, and call it hers. And have no time working on it because right. she just took all your hard work. Yeah. yeah. And then I would see it selling and I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore <laughs> because I put my heart and soul into this and then someone just takes it and calls it their own. And I was like, but if I don't do it anymore, like- what have I gained, right. you know? And yeah, there's a whole story in the book. I don't know. Do you want me to? Well, I do want to hear because, well, you, you, I do want to, they won't spoil anything in the book, but I, you you decided I either have to do something with this. Like right. I can just sit in this anger. Right. And your whole book is about like being brave and speaking yeah. up. And so this is an example of you doing this Yeah. because you called her. Right. I, I don't know. This I was one... so nervous when I was reading Thank it. You I was for like being nervous sweating armpits. <laughs> I was so nervous. Yeah. This one day I was like, you know, I have hated her for a long time and it's hurting me. Yeah. 
She and doesn't even know. Yeah. Like she's, she's doing living her, thing. her life. Yeah. And honestly, we'd probably be friends, like in a different situation. Yeah. But um, I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll just, I just had this thought, like, I'll just call her up and just tell her how I feel and ask her to stop. You know, and I was like, that is the craziest thought I've ever had. There's no way I would ever, ever do that. And then I was like, but what if I did? You know, like, what if I was just honest with her and said what I really thought? And so, yeah, this one day I just called her up. And it was like, I mean, my voice was shaking. I was so nervous and like, and she was cool as a cucumber on the phone. She was. Yeah, I was like, wow, like, this is crazy. I'm, I, it was so hard for me to say what I really thought and to stand up for myself and my designs. And, you know, nothing really changed after that. Did you ever hear from her again? No, And no. did her designs, did she keep doing that? She kept, I mean, you know, I think it it's so shifted for me and my heart after the phone call. I was like, like the power was broken and I felt like I showed up and I was me and somehow like it made me, it just gave me power that I felt powerless before. Yeah. And I don't think anything huge really changed after the phone call, but it changed for me. Like- I just felt freed. Yeah, which I think you, a lot of your book, you're talking about that, about a you being it, yeah. you. Right. And um, just seeing people from the outside, like if people were to just see you or mm-hmm. anyone else in this world from the outside, they would think they are the most confident and they are them and they do everything. They speak up, they own, right. their, they own their worth, they own all these things. But you're super vulnerable in your book about struggling through that for years and years and years. Yeah. And you talk about it in the example you just gave in a work situation, you talk about it in your marriage, you talk about it with parenting. Right. You talk about it in every area. And as I was reading it, I could so relate to you, even though I don't run a jewelry business and I don't have a child with special needs. Right. I was like, yes, yes, yes. This As women, we do this to us. Yeah, this, to is ourselves. What, this is what it is to be a woman in this day and age and to feel like, you know, I think it's easy to be frustrated. Like my husband doesn't see me or like this person did wrong, you know, by me or this coworker frustrates me. And and then I really looked in the mirror and I was like, maybe I'm not seeing me. Mm. Maybe I'm not showing up for me. And maybe this is about me not believing I'm worth loving or me not saying what I need and want. And I mean, that is some scary stuff. Yeah. Like what if I started unapologetically being me and said what I really thought? and called people on the carpet when they did something I didn't like. I mean, we just don't do that. I mean, yeah. I mean, some women do and I have so much respect for it and for I'm sure, trying to sure, but this is more. a common struggle. Oh yeah, we think we're supposed to be nice and polite and accommodating and make people happy and I've been taught that since, you know, I was a little little girl at church and home mm-hmm. and friends. I mean, yeah. that's kind of our culture, yeah. even outside of the Christian culture, I yeah. think it's our culture. Yeah. And I think what seems so scary about it is because you almost say, and I don't know if you went through this, but you almost go, I don't know how to do that. Oh, I my- don't even know what that even looks like. Yeah, like that's off limits. That's like, I could not even imagine doing that. At, when I first started kind of seeing how accommodating I was and how I felt like I was disappearing because I wasn't showing up for myself. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of crazy. Like in a moment, in a conversation, when I think like, for example, calling Cindy, well, I could call her on the phone, but I'm like, but only a crazy person would do that. And I'm like, but what if I, what if I did it? Mm-hmm. You know, like imagining. And it's like, you know, we can start to think differently. Like, you know, I have a voice and I don't have to be silent. I can say what I really think and feel and ask for what I want. And it, and even if nothing in the situation changes. Like you said with Cindy, nothing like- yeah. 
It's she not didn't like, even say wow, I did it. Yeah. She was so great and she really understood uh-huh. and she apologized and she changed. No, none of that happened. None of it. But it changed me. And I think sometimes we're trying so hard to change everybody else and control everybody else. And the thing we have the most control over, we are not actually doing mm. ourselves. Ourselves. I wrote that down on the bottom of my notes. I was like, control, yes. control, control. Because it's like we want to be in control of everybody. So we're, like you said, we're just accommodating and you talk about it in, with parenting and marriage and, and work, but then we forget who are we. Now tell me this, did you also fear, this is a question I had and um, I might've missed it if you addressed in the book. I don't think I missed it. When you came to this, and we're gonna dive deeper into this, but this is the question I have. When you started thinking, okay, I'm gonna be my whole self. I'm gonna be true to myself. I can't control um, other people's thoughts, environments. Did you worry will they still want me? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I really believed it was possible I could lose everything. Like for sure, my family, my husband. Um, I kind of knew my kids would still love me, but um, I really did not know like how people would respond if they saw the real me. And probably most, especially in my marriage, because I felt like I'd put up so many walls to try to like, make Steve happy and not engage with my harder feelings of like sadness or anger. Like I was trying to just be happy and, and make our marriage good and please him, which he never asked me to do, by the way. Girl, I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I have so many thoughts. Yes. And, um, and I really was like, you know what? I can't do this marriage anymore the way that it is. And I don't know if he's going to want to do it anymore if he sees the real me but I just can't keep living the way that I've been living. Like I felt so empty and desperate. And you read the book. I really go into a lot of, that was the hardest part to write is those dark, dark days where I just was like, I don't want to write this down because it's so ugly. But I'm like, but if I was picking up someone else's book, I hope that they would write it down so I could read it. And um, I really thought like, I don't know if Steve will love me anymore if he sees me this way, but... I just can't be anybody else anymore. I just have to be me. Yeah. Good news is he did. He Spoiler did. Alert. He's here. <laughs> um, but I can only imagine how scary that had to have been because you were saying, I can't do this. I have to be true to myself. Right. And counting the costs. Right. Oh. Yeah. And I think when I told Steve that I wanted to separate, and this is in the book too, so I'm kind of, you know, but um, I felt like I was cliff jumping and I felt like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know, like, does this go against my faith? Like, is God going to love me anymore? Is Steve going to love me anymore? Is my family going to reject me? And I really felt like in that dark place when I finally was honest with Steve and I said, I want to separate, that God met me there and was like, now we're seeing the real Lisa. Like, now you're, le- now you're being honest. And there was so much grace in that place. So beautiful. Of you just being, I'm going to be me. Yeah. And God's saying like, you can be you. Uh-huh. Like I'm here for the mess. Mm-hmm. You don't have to clean it up. You don't have to pretend like you can be the real messy you. And I'm going to meet you there. Like yeah. this isn't too big for me. I can handle it. Yeah. Okay. Just give us a little like, tie the pretty bow on that real quick, because I don't know how many years that's been. But when I was reading the story of you guys walking back into your house after that counseling, I mean, I literally was like hurting mm-hmm. for you guys um, knowing the end of the story. It's like right. when you read the Bible and you're like, oh my gosh, Jesus has to die, but I know the end. Right, you know, right. Like, it's all good, it's all good. <laughs> we got it, it's good. But I knew the end, but I really, 
really was hurting and I think it's so important, but I know you had to put in that hard work, but also just to say you were putting in the hard work, but Steve was willing to let you have that time. I know. Which is just gracious and loving and kind. It really is. I think it blew my mind because I felt like I'm not allowed to ask for this or I'm not allowed to ask for that. And then at my lowest, I said, I want to separate. And I just, I, and he was like, why don't you go away and take some time? And I was like, I'm not allowed to do that. I mean, we have a child with special needs. We've got I have little, things to do here. Yeah, we've got diapers to change uh-huh. and like we had a business to run and and he was like, take all the time you need. And it felt like this most amazing gift to be loved in that place, you know, and to be welcomed back to. Yeah, you know, let's go back all the way 20 years ago okay. to um, your marriage. This is when you start the book and you're talking about how you've always struggled of, am I, am I enough? Or right. are you gonna love me for who I am? You know, we've been talking about that. I found it so interesting that, on the morning after you were married, or I don't know, a couple mornings later in Hawaii, right? you wake up and you say out loud, I wrote it down, <laughs> you say out loud to your new sweet husband, I don't think I love you. Yeah. I freaked out. Was it like just, you were just freaking out? Like, what have I done? Oh my gosh. I totally was like, you know, fear is a powerful thing. I woke up and I was like, I, I mean, first of all, we were so like, naive and oh i know like even you know we we didn't have sex till we were married yeah. and so i was freaking out i'm yeah. like i don't like this i don't like you <laughs> i don't want to see this stuff. what just like, happened yeah like i'm over it i'm done yeah. and so there's so much fear and just so i was so naive and it was all so overwhelming and i just felt like i want out like what have i done I, i've only known you for like 2 years now we're going to spend the rest of our lives together like i can't do this it's too big and too scary and Steve was like, it's okay, let's go eat breakfast. You'll yeah. love me. He was like, you know what? Let's just go eat breakfast. We could go snorkeling and we could talk about it later. And I was like, wow, you're really taking this well. Because I'm like, I'm being honest. Like, I really don't love you. I know. <laughs> Steve and Aaron, my Aaron sound like a lot of like, they're like, it's okay, we'll be good. Yeah. Like, just take a deep breath. Yes. I'm like, no, really, I'm serious. I don't love you. And I was like, no, 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 it's okay. We'll be good. Let's go snorkeling. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. Um, okay, so your marriage, but I also want to jump into parenting. Um, yeah. as well. And I know that not everybody listening to the show is a mama, mm-hmm. um, but there are so many relatable things to your story and your journey with walking through learning out that you're pregnant and then um, finding out that David has, I'm going to say it right because I wrote it down. Ch- okay. Me, okay, let's see. Cornelia Delange. Yeah, Cornelia Delang. Cornelia Delang syndrome, uh-huh. CDLS. Right. Um, and, you know, one thing that I thought was so intriguing is you you deliver this um, beautiful baby mm-hmm. who um, has a disability. But I feel like that God had been preparing you in this weird way yes. for what life was going to have. Because as I'm reading this, I'm going, only God could do this. Like you were a teacher um, with special ed right. department in the right. in school. And let's talk about Trent. Right. Oh my gosh. Trent, because God did so much in your heart to prepare you for David. Right. Through Trent. Yeah. So tell, tell, let's talk about Trent for a second, because my heart was so warm to feel about how you were talking about love, like body and soul and connecting. And it was just so beautiful. And I literally said out loud, wow, God, you did this for her. Yeah. It was so life-changing. Steve and I had had numerous conversations about what makes a person valuable. And it's not what we contribute to society. Just random conversations y'all are having Well, these. because I was teaching special education okay, gotcha. uh-huh. and connecting with my students. And this one student that you're mentioning, Trent, 
His mom pulled me aside one day. This is so crazy. I cannot even believe what you're about to say. I could not believe it when I read it, Lisa. I feel like it's crazy. And I was nervous to tell the story because I'm like, people are going to think I'm crazy, but maybe because I think it's so crazy. I thought Trent's mom was crazy. And then (laughs) I was like, no, this, the whole thing is crazy. It totally changed my worldview. I, I mean, like how I saw human beings. So Trent's mom pulled me aside and she's like, I want to tell you something about Trent, but I don't want to freak you out. I'm like, okay. And she said, you know, he has a sixth sense. I'm like, I, what do you mean? I don't, I don't know what you mean. And she's like, well. Isn't there a movie called The Sixth Sense? Yes. Had it been out yet? I don't even have any idea. I don't know. Probably it had okay. been. And she said, um, you know, like if he can read your mind if you're standing close to him. And I was like, what? Okay. And She's like, yeah, you know, I mean, if you want to, you know, you could try it out if you wanted to see. I'm like, okay. I'm like, oh, let me check it out tomorrow. So he typed on a computer. So we would ask him questions and then he would type in response because he was nonverbal. And so I was pregnant with David. Should I just tell the whole story? Well, I mean, you can tell as much as you want. Like okay. I'm, I'm the kind of person who like, I like telling stories yeah. in books, but you get to decide. Well, and there's you know. so much more in the book. Oh, too. so much more. So, so much but more. I just think this is like yeah. a crazy story. Okay, so... The next day I sat down with him. I was pregnant with David and Steve and I hadn't told anybody the baby's name, like not even my twin sister at that point. So it was like, we had decided that we were going to name the baby David, but nobody else knew, just conversations between us. And so I asked Trent, what are we going to name the baby? And he typed out David, Stephen Leonard. And I was like, I couldn't breathe. Like, I, I mean, it was this, it was this moment of like, there's just no way he could have known. And I was like terrified and I was just, I just, I would have told you before that I don't believe that, you know, there's psychics or people uh-huh. read minds or anything like that. And I mean, I didn't sleep for a couple of days. Like it just really spun me out. Like how can, how could he know this? And Steve and I had a lot of conversations at that time and he was a pastor and I'm like, help me understand this because I think growing up, I would have said like, maybe this is demonic, you yeah. know, like that it's something evil. Uh-huh. And, but I'm like, this is a second grader and there's nothing, there's nothing evil happening here. Right. And it really just, I kind of, like we kind of, we, after a lot of our conversations, we're like, you know, we're soulish beings. And can we really understand the depth of how our souls connect non-verbally, like even, you know, beyond what we can experience as humans, like there is something soulish happening. And so having that experience and then having David, it was like, it was like a jumpstart. Like, yeah. you know, this little soul is beautiful and he's in this broken body, but we can still know him and connect with him and love him. And Trent was a huge part of um, me learning, like, you know, the way souls connect, we don't always understand it, but there's something really beautiful that can happen there. Totally. Okay, friends, I know you're loving this conversation because I adored it when I actually sat down with her in my tiny house. Her and her husband came and we just had the best time. But I wanna thank some of our sponsors because they help make the happy hour possible. The first sponsor I wanna thank is Joybird. Have you heard about Joybird? It's the company behind the revolution in online furniture shopping. Joybird offers one-of-a-kind furniture, which is made to your unique taste. So you can turn your ideas into reality with hundreds of styles and options from mid-century modern to contemporary classics, all customizable in an amazing array of fabric choices from rich buttery leather and plush velvets to every color imaginable. 
There's even a wide range of kid and pet-friendly upholstery available, which is what we would need here at the Ivy House, as well as free personal design consultants to help nail down your perfect design. And with Joybird's 365-day home trial, you can skip the furniture store and bring the showroom home. Sit on it, sleep on it, and break it in. And if you don't love your Joybird, return for a full refund. In-home delivery is hassle-free. They even remove all the packing materials and returns are free within two weeks of delivery. See how Joybird is revolutionizing online furniture shopping. Create the furniture that brings you joy today at joybird.com slash happy hour. Go to joybird.com slash happy hour and receive an exclusive offer for 25% off your first order by using the code happy hour. You guys, 25% is a good discount. Go to joybird.com slash happy hour today. Okay, I want to thank our next sponsor, and that is Third Love. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind. You might ask, what is the result of that? Well, the result of that is a perfect fit and a premium feel. I have people ask me all the time, Jamie, you say that you love Third Love. Do you actually really wear their bras? And I actually really do. I just ordered another bra and panties recently, and I'm in love with that one as much as I've been in love with my other ones. Here's how it works, you guys. You go online, and you're going to answer a few questions to find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. Then, once you receive your bra, you can wear it and wash it and put it to the test for 60 days. And if you don't love it, return it, and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. It's all a part of their 100% fit guarantee. This is hands down the most comfortable bra that you will own with straps that won't slip, tagless labels, and lightweight, super thin memory foam cups. They even have a line of incredibly soft and breathable cotton bras. You guys, my most recent purchase that I got from Third Love is the lace back t-shirt bra. I love it so very much. And I have to remember to wear my other ones because I want to wear this bra every day. Guys, right now, you can also get yourself a Third Love bra. Third Love is so confident that there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering my listeners, which is you, 15% off your first order. So go to thirdlove.com slash Jamie right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash Jamie for 15% off today. All right, you guys, here is the rest of my conversation with sweet Lisa Leonard. Okay, so Lisa, when you when my first instinct would be like, what else has Trent been knowing about me? Totally. <laughs> totally. What else in my mind is Trent reading over here? I asked him, like, what did I have for breakfast? And he's like, banana milkshake. And I'm like, this kid knows everything. This you know? is crazy, crazy. Yeah. Because is David nonverbal? David is nonverbal, yeah. And so there's this whole, I have a girlfriend, uh, my best friend in the world. Her daughter is also nonverbal. Mm-hmm. And there is this, they say that, um, they will, when they bring people over to their house, they like give them the Mabry test. They say like Mabry can see into their oh, soul. Yeah. yeah. She's nonverbal. She has other disabilities, but they're like, Mabry can tell yeah. what kind of person that person is. I totally believe it. And it's just something crazy yeah. that God does. It's so crazy because when we're with David and we go over to someone's, like to a party or someone's house, he'll often, he'll pick someone. Like we were at a basketball game for Matthias a few weeks ago and we walked into this gym and I saw this woman. She had like just a really beautiful spirit about her and like 
kind of big curly hair. And she kind of looked over at us and I'm like, I bet David is going to go over to her. And there was probably 150 people in the gym. And he like beamed, beelined it for her, wrapped his arms around her neck. And she totally just hugged him back. She and didn't know y'all. No, we yeah. didn't know her. We have mutual friends because it's like for the sure. basketball team, yeah. but we hadn't actually met. And I was like, I knew he was going to go for you. And I knew you were going to love him back. And I'm like, I don't understand how it happens, but he really tends to pick people with beautiful souls who are super responsive to him. It's so beautiful because I see that with my girlfriend and her daughter as well. Yeah. And it is just something where you look at God and go, only you could like right. do this. And then I think, I think David's maybe more in tune with it and Mayberry as well, but we all have that, you know? Like I think so often as women, we push down that, those feelings like, oh, like I have a weird feeling about that, but maybe I'll just ignore it. Like maybe it's just me or I'm just overreacting. And it's like, no, listen to that feeling. Mm. That is real and God-given and it matters like about that person or that thing or that decision or that job or that friend. Like that little tug there, it, it, there's something there. And that's kind of what you've been learning in the yeah. past 20 years yeah. of your life, 15 years. I'm still learning it, still, yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, crazy. Okay, so let's talk about parenting um, David. Okay. Um, you have, when you, when you guys first, um, found out about right. David, it was, it was when he was born. 38 weeks I went in for my appointment yeah. and everything fell apart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is David? He's, um, 14 now? 16. 16. Oh my gosh. I know. It's crazy. 16 years. I'm sure that you have learned so much through him. Oh my gosh, yes, he is what a teacher. What have you learned from David? Oh man, I think one of the, it's so fascinating to watch a person move through their life with no like insecurities. He's not self-conscious. He gives love freely. He's joyful. Like if he's in pain, he cries. But most of the time he's joyful, happy, content. And I'm like, this is sort of like, an enlightened life, you know, this like beautiful, just being who you are and, and watching other people respond to him and watching God use him. It's like, what if I stopped caring, stopped caring about what other people thought about me and just was me like unapologetically me and watching David do that. I mean, it is totally like life-changing and amazing. And I mean, you know, I think David's disability does protect him from some of those things that a lot of us struggle with. But um, but still, like I can grow and I can be less self-conscious and I can be me and I can say what I think. And so that's been huge. And also that deeper love of um, just loving people where they are and not being so judgmental. I I think a lot of my ideas of what I thought people should be or should do have broken down as I'm like, you know what? The more I see my own dark side, the more room I have for other people. And watching David just love people and love me, like, I'm like, ah, oh, it feels good to be loved, like right where I am. Feels so good to be loved. Now, I think that this is something that a lot of women can understand in different areas of their life. It doesn't just have to be parenting and mm -hmm. finding out that you have a kid um, with special needs at 38 weeks like you did, but the grief over losing something. Right. Um, I know I've had this grief over losing things, even with just in the craziest way of just God forming our family through adoption. There's right. some things that I didn't get to experience right. and grieving, never seeing one of my kids as a baby. You right. know, I never saw him 
Right. Until he was two and a half. Right. So grieving that loss. And I think other people grieve losses of maybe a job or a dream or or marriage or whatever. You grieve this loss of expectation. Right. And you walk through that in your first couple of months, maybe even longer. Right. With parenting David. Mm -hmm. What did that look like? And how did you, I know the journey was hard and dark and Mm -hmm. scary and lonely. Right. Um, do you feel like you're on the other side of that? Or what does that look like? Tell yeah. me, talk about the journey of, of grieving what you thought would be. Yeah, uh, it, you're so right. It is so strange to grieve something you never had. Mm. And how do you even put parameters around that? Or what are you grieving? Like, if it never existed, then I feel silly grieving it, you know? But we had a baby that we expected that never existed and we... We for sure, for sure, we grieved that. I felt like I was betraying David because I wasn't super excited to hold him and didn't know what to do with him and hadn't expected him. Like I should have somehow known that he was going to be who it's he this was. Guilt, shame, grief, yeah. kind of dance that it sounds yeah. like you were on. Yeah, and I think, I think we grieved it. I think I did more grieving. Like when Steve and I were separated, I think I grieved a lot of things that I hadn't really let myself grieve. Because whether it's a child with a disability or a marriage or, I mean, any kind of loss, even with a typical kid, we grieve because we kind of had a dream for that kid that they're their own person. Right. They may not do that thing. Like, um, you know, like if you thought your child might be athletic, but they're not, like there is grief there. And I'm, I think, you know, there's different kinds of grief, but there's still, as we see our kids are not who we maybe expected or dreamed they would be, we have to let go of that. And so... Um, yeah, I think... Do you think we even have to acknowledge that we're grieving that? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like sometimes we can go, what's wrong with me? Why am I feeling this way? Right. But to give ourselves permission to say, oh, I'm grieving something that I never had or an expectation, because I think we can feel guilty about that. Like, should I be grieving this? Yeah. I think grief is super uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't think we want each other to grieve. I don't think we want to grieve. Like, I think we want to be able to slap a sticker on it with a happy face and say like, you know what? God is going to work through this. Or here's a verse. Or, you know, it's like these platitudes, like, because like when you're grieving, Jamie, like I'm super uncomfortable with that. And if I could just make you feel better, Uh, we could uh move past it. And then we don't have to deal with all this. Like, it, you know, it's really messy and dark and I really don't want to wade into that with you. So what if I just tell you like, you know what? I know God is going to do big things through this, even though it hurts right now, like hang in there because... And it's like actually super minimizing. So is this for, what you guys did in the beginning of just like, let's just, we're not going to really walk through this grief right now. Let's just kind of move on. God's going to be here. In some ways we had to grieve because we were so broken down. You were. That, and NICU life and all right. that. I mean, that's not your typical delivery right. experience. We couldn't yeah. really just pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and continue. I mean, we were grieving. But I think I did try to move forward as quickly as possible and as we fell in love with David, I really tried not to dip my toe into dark waters of um, this is hard and this is like, I don't like this and I'm sick of changing diapers. Like I'd be like, you know what? It's fine. Like I I love David and I, I'm just gonna kind of have a good attitude. And, and then when I really did let myself grieve when Steve and I were separated for a bit, really kind of went to dark, dark places of like, this just sucks. Like it is so hard. And I've tried to have a good attitude about it for a long time. And like, it's not fair. And I'm angry and I hate this for David and I hate it for me and I hate it for our family. And like, 
that is all real. It matters. Like I had tried so hard to kind of not look at it and make it go away. And somehow if I can just push that away, then it's not really there, but it was there. I think it's interesting that you said, I felt like I was betraying David if I felt that grief. And I don't think I've ever thought about that before. Yeah, That you felt as though if I feel this, then it must mean like, I don't like him or I don't love my son. Right. That's interesting. I've never thought about that. Yeah. And I think we probably feel that with our kids too. Like if we're disappointed in something, I mean, of course we have our own thoughts and feelings, but like we want to love them fully and be like the most amazing mom and parent and supportive. And, but those, those feelings are all real. It doesn't mean we have to tell our kid, like, I'm super disappointed that you don't want to do whatever, you know, but letting them have their process and and acknowledging it to ourselves and being honest with ourselves, because I think being really honest with ourselves can be super scary. I mean, being honest- It's so scary. I don't even, sometimes I'm like, I don't even want to go there. Yeah. Like it's, it's too scary to even acknowledge what I feel right now or to- to, to admit, like, I have this dark thing about me. Like, I can't even look at it for myself, like, let alone tell somebody else. You think you we're know? worried about what it means about us or what the other side of it looks like? I think for me, I am deeply afraid that I'm not lovable. Okay. So if I say this... Right. Like, it, I'm already not lovable. And if you know the real me, then I guarantee you're not going to love me. So I have to... I have to keep that hidden and and keep that in the dark so that I can't even admit it to myself. It's too scary. That's like a, it's like you're putting yourself in bondage in a jail cell and every day. And that is where like that shame like grows and festers and, you know, and those dark things get darker. Like they don't go away. Yeah. They have to be, like when we shed the light on, shed light on them, that's when they yeah. go away. So on the other side of this experience where you kind of sat down and grieved, even, you know, 14, 13 years later, you're sitting down, you're grieving a lot of things, uh, working on your marriage. On the other side of that, like I'm thinking to myself, okay, if I were to sit down and be honest or someone's listening, like, okay, I'm going to be honest. On the other side of that, what is the work you still have to do for that? Because I am guessing, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, I'm guessing you didn't just come back home. You decided you're going to do less cooking. You're going to cancel your gym. You're going to like make yourself a priority and then everything's perfect. I'm guessing that didn't happen. Right. I, don't we want that? Right. Like we want to figure it out. And then uh, now it's so much easier and it just works. And it's like, no. Like, you still have to do the work. Yeah. And it's it got messier. Yeah. Way, way, way messier. Like as I started unfolding and speaking up and being honest and showing up, like it got, it's like I threw a bomb into our marriage, you know? And who wants to do that? Yeah. I'm yeah. like, why, why am I doing this again? Like uh-huh. this sucks. And I- was miserable before, but I wasn't this miserable. And I think like, yeah, I think it's just, it takes the messiness. And I wish I could tell you, yeah. And now we have finally figured it out, but it is still messy. I mean, we fight more than we did before, but we also have a lot more fun. I do, I can say like in my soul, I feel a wholeness and a peace that I didn't feel before. And a strength that I'm like, you know, there's this new kind of like, if you decide you don't love me, I'm going to be okay. Because, because why? Because God loves me and there's other people that love me. Like I, I'm not pinning all my hopes on one person loving me and one person defining my worth and value. Which is what we, it's easy to do that. It's so easy to yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, you start out your book with an invitation to brave love. And that's what this whole story is about of you saying, I'm going to be brave and I'm going to love myself. Right. And I'm going to let other people love the real me. Right. Um, would you want to read any of it? Sure. I've never done this before. Yeah. I've read part of the book. 
Will you read the intro? I'd love to. <gasps> Have you done this yet on a podcast? I haven't. I've never done this. This is the first. It's so good because it just really sets the stage of everything we're talking about, um, which I think is so important for women. I cannot say this enough because, and you're going to say this because these are your words, but just because it's hard doesn't mean it's bad. Right. And I think that we can be so scared of hard. Yeah. So yeah. Scared. But we can so handle hard. We can handle so much more than we think we can. And you know what? Our husbands, our kids, our friends, God, they can all handle, they can handle the real us. But we're not giving them the real us. So we're we not. don't give them the opportunity, right? Right. That's, like that's we're the afraid problem. they can't handle it. So we try to control it and manage it and make them okay. But you know what? They can't handle it. And I mean, Steve always wanted me to be the real me. Like mm. he wanted me to fight. He wanted me to show up. He wanted me to say what I thought. And I was so terrified. And it's so fascinating because I'm like, he, I put up the walls. Right. Know? And I'm the one who pushed him away and then blamed him. Like, why don't you love me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, Lisa Leonard live in studio. <laughs> <laughs> An invitation to brave love. I used to think love was easy. Love was kind and gentle and polite. Love was kisses and hugs and togetherness. And love is all those things, but much more too. Love is honest and raw and messy. Love breaks down and takes time to rebuild. Love dies. Love begins anew. Love changes and grows. Sometimes love is easy and sometimes love is soul-wrenching. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not love. Much of the time, life is normal and beautiful. We hum along in a rhythm, thriving. But sometimes life is messy and ugly and downright awful. There are times when everything feels wrong. I feel overwhelmed. I feel like a failure. I feel too many feelings too strongly. In those broken down moments, I let myself be weak. I admit to myself that this is really, really painful. Then I whisper to myself, this is brave. This is love. This is brave love. This is what it looks like to give wholeheartedly to my husband, to my children, to my loved ones, to myself. This is what it looks like to love with my heart and my hands and all that I am. Sometimes it's raw emotion. Sometimes it's crazy and ugly and too much. Sometimes love means staying when I want to run away. Sometimes love means making space to be alone and regroup. Sometimes love means yelling and screaming and laying everything out on a table. Sometimes love means listening quietly without judgment. Sometimes love means working on myself so I can be more whole. Sometimes love means working together so we can have deeper connection. We live life together. We laugh, we sing, we explore, we're silly, but we also cry and scream and fall apart. We show our souls to each other in all our amazing imperfection. We apologize and give each other grace, lots of grace. We say it's okay to be honest and imperfect. This is brave, this is love, this is brave love. I am imperfect and that's okay. My husband and my kids are imperfect. Love doesn't require perfection. Love is bigger than the hardest, ugliest stuff we are facing today. Love is filled with grace and covers over our imperfections. My journey to brave love has been up and down, forward and backward. I've had to unlearn wrong thinking, learn new ways of thinking, practice and then practice more. I have had to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. I've had to engage in conflict when I wanted to smile and nod. I've had to face my biggest fears, not knowing what the outcome would be. 
there have been desperate moments and amazing victories, and I still don't have it figured out. I have so much to learn, so much room to grow. This book is the overflow of my heart, my thoughts and stories, some so vulnerable I typed them with tears streaming down my face. Some some chapters took weeks to write, not because I wasn't sure what to say, but because I was terrified to put these stories on paper. I hope you will open your heart as you open this book. I hope you will be gentle with me as well as with yourself. I hope you will resonate with my stories and feel seen and understood. I hope we can journey together into dark places as well as into beautiful places. I hope we can be honest with each other and in that honest place, find we are capable of so much more than we thought. It's risky, but necessary. And I believe that if we walk together and support each other along the way, we will find incredible things ahead. This is brave. This is love. This is brave love. Will you join me? Yay, I just want to clap. Thank you. Did you read your audiobook? I did. Okay, good job. Okay, so that, I've been saying your quote all wrong, wrong all day. What, how did you say it wrong? I said, just because it's hard doesn't mean it's bad. And your quote is, just because it's hard doesn't mean it's love. Yeah. Sorry, I messed up your quote. No, I think your your version is good. Okay, well, we'll, <laughs> we'll share it. We'll share it. Uh, but, but I... I'm just, I love this. I think the message is going to resonate with so many women. And thanks for your vulnerability. Oh my gosh. Because I know that was so difficult. Yeah. So difficult. scary stuff. So scary. Um, Okay. So I would love asking all my guests, what are they loving and what are they reading? So tell me what you're loving. Okay. So one thing I'm loving lately is hot tea in the evenings. Oh. It's very British. It's very British, yes. Yeah, and I try to be very British about it. Okay. <laughs> but do you Not get really. an accent when you start drinking totally, it? Totally, I okay. can't help it. Yeah. Uh, do you like a special kind or just anything? Mm, I love Earl Grey, but I can't drink it in the evenings because it has caffeine. Caffeine in it, yeah. So, like, usually it's a mint or something like citrusy or okay. vanilla. Are you yeah. a wine drinker? Not really. Okay. Not because really. Because sometimes I'm like... I think people either would love to have like like a glass of wine uh-huh. at night or a cup of tea. So I'm just like, oh. Yeah. Well, we've been trying to eat, like we've been trying not to eat after seven o'clock, which is super hard. That is really hard. But tea is like kind of a, yeah. you're allowed tea. Yeah. So when you're desperate, you know. I love it. You go British. Okay. British tea or tea <laughs> and acting British. Okay. What else are you loving? What else am I loving? Um, I've been taking these like little power naps, like even just 20 minutes to like lay down. I might not fall asleep. I usually do. But it's so nice to just rest and like find a little quiet and yeah, just kind of let my brain relax for a moment. Like do you get in the bed or is this on a couch? I get on, sometimes it's on the couch. I often get in the bed. If I'm going to get in the bed, it's probably going to be longer than 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's so easy to rush, rush, rush from one thing to the next and not make space to think. Mm -hmm. So I've been trying to, sometimes I sit on the couch and sometimes I lay down, but you know, there's so much stress, like just with families and work and a book and all this stuff. And I've got to manage stress. I'm thinking a lot about how to just take time to rest. I love that. I am the queen of, my daughter gets off the bus right here at 3.30. Mm -hmm. I can leave my office at 3.00 head over, lay down for like 15 minutes Mm -hmm. and get into sleep. Yeah. And then get up and be ready. Like, okay, that's like a switch. I'm now mom. Right. I'm leaving work. I'm now mom. Yeah. But it is hard to turn your brain off. Yeah. It's hard. I think it's scary to slow down. And It really is. And all kinds of things. Yeah. I I think I read an article. I think I've told this story before and I 
I could have made this up, but I really think I read this. Okay. I think I read that there was a president and I don't know who it was. Let's say it's true. Okay, so yes, who would take a nap every day. Uh Uh-huh, yes, I think it was, um, I think it's the prime minister. Oh. Um, Go ahead. Okay, well, then he would wake up when his arm would hit the floor. Like, it was like he would fall asleep, just asleep enough, and then his arm would fall, and that that was his cue. Okay, that was my little mini nap. I'm up. Okay. I think naps are... Awesome. I, yeah, I think so often we feel guilty for That's slowing exactly down. That's exactly what it is. Like I, you know, if I'm a stay-at-home mom or if I'm working from home or like, I should be busy. I should be productive. Like if I'm not productive, what am I worth? You know, mm. but oh, naps are, first of all, you don't have to be productive. And second of all, a nap can be very productive. Our brain and our body needs it. Yes. Yeah. I am the same when you say like, we don't, if we're not doing this, we're not productive. I'm that way with like going for a walk. Going Mm -hmm. for a walk in my neighborhood is so peaceful for me. Mm -hmm. But, and I, every time I do it, I never come back from a walk going, well, that was a waste of time. Right. I always come back going, I needed that. Yeah. But yet I'm like, I don't have time. Yeah. So if we don't make space to think, we're not going to be as productive. It's true. But, and, and we can't be creative either. Right. Yeah. Yes. I really think a lot of the work is slowing down and just being. But also, even if it's not part of the work, like it's so valuable. Yeah. Okay. So tea and naps. What else are you loving? What else am I loving? Oh, let's see here. I really, this is so cheesy, but I really love Aqua Four Lip. Like it's just like... This is chapstick? Yeah, it's just chapstick. Listen, you're not the first person that's mentioned chapstick on this show, by the way. I really need it and get a little stressed Uh if I don't have it. Like, so we have, you know, all over the house. Like, I'm just like, my lips feel dry and I'm super uncomfortable with that, so... I now have chapstick. I have one that stays in my car, one that stays by my bed. It's like, and it doesn't move. Yeah. That was the key because I used to lose chapstick right. all the time. And then I was like, here's an idea, Jamie. Buy multiple. You know, And then you're worth leave it. them. Leave them where <laughs> they need to be. Yeah. You're worth having multiple yes, chapsticks. Exactly. Splurge. And so it's, go get you multiple. And the one by my bed, I'm like, I'm mad if it's missing. I'm like, somebody took this because totally. I know I did not. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you a reader? I am a reader. Tell yes. me some things you're loving. I'm working through Michelle Obama's <gasps> memoir. Me too. Uh, it's so well-written. So well-written, And yeah. her life is so different than mine. Mm-hmm. I, I love memoirs, biographies. Like, I just want to hear the story. Me too. Like, tell me who you are and where you came from and why you think that way. And I love it when it's someone really different than me. Um, like, really different background, really different thought process. It's just... It's so fascinating. Mm-hmm. And then First Lady of the United States of America. Yeah, you know. A little different than the life things. we live. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so hers. Anything else you've read that you're loving? I want to read Sally Fields' memoir. I've heard it's good. Have you? Is it the one her face on the cover yeah, I think when it's she's called younger? Pieces okay, yeah. or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I just got it. Haven't started it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Are you reading anything? I just read your book. No lie. Um, <laughs> but I am reading another book, and and I can't think of the name of it. I have to tell. I have to say it later. But um, I don't know. I need to read. I have baskets in my office mm-hmm. of books. I. I really want to read. And the stack is just so high. Yeah. It's just so high. But yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's another thing that requires some slowing down. Yeah, it does. And I really like fiction and memoirs too. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to, you know, have you in my head reminding me that it's not wasting time to sit down and read those. Yeah. Yeah. It's connection too. I mean, we can connect so much, whether it's like a fictional story. I mean, there's just so much inspiration and someone else's thoughts and we get to be in a different place and experience something different. Okay, I didn't set you up for this, but anything exciting happening with Lisa Leonard Designs? Well, we're super excited about Stephen David Leonard. I'm working on a kid's book. Look at you. So that's really fun. Um, And that will come out in October. So yeah. What's it called? Does it have a name yet? It's called Your Spark. Okay. Celebrating the brightest part of you. I love it. 
um, which goes right along with Brave Love. Yeah. But yeah, lots of big things happening. Love it. So excited. I'm so excited for you guys in 2019 and it's been a pleasure. So great to meet you. It is so fun chatting with you. Thank you, Jamie. You're so welcome. Congrats on your book. Everybody go get it. It's so good. You're worthy of loving yourself. You're worthy of being honest and true. Mm. Um, And you are lovable for who you are. Exactly. Just who you are. Yeah. Okay, Lisa, thank you. Thanks. Okay, you guys, I told you that you would love it. Wasn't it sweet hearing her read some of her book? That's actually from the introduction. It just really gives you an overview of what the book is about. I read her entire book. I loved it. I highly recommend it. I told you that I would tell you what I'm reading right now because I couldn't think of it right then, but I'm reading Afraid of All the Things, Tornadoes, Cancer, Adoption, and Other Stuff You Need the Gospel For. It's written by Scarlett. I'm going to say her name wrong, and I've got to ask her. Scarlett Hiltabadal. Oh, I just butchered that, Scarlett. I'm so sorry. I think I'm going to try to get her on the show, though, because I love the way that she talks about fear. It's so good. It's very gospel-centered. So that's what I'm reading right now. I'm also trying desperately to get through Michelle Obama's book, not because it's not good, just because I'm having a hard time finding the time. I loved sitting down with Lisa, and I hope after listening to our conversation that you too believe that who you are, who you really are, is really worthy of being loved. I hope that you were reminded of that today. And I hope you desperately know that no matter if you're feeling unloved or you are in a great space, that I can remind you today that your true self, who you really are, the person you would be afraid of people knowing, that God knows that person and He does love you. He does love you. You guys, today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Next week, my guest is Darby Angel. And Darby has a very unique story of being on bed rest when she was 20 weeks pregnant and launching her business from her bed. I kid you not, my jaw kept dropping every time she was telling me about her story. We talk about contentment and drive and comparison and confidence in what God is laying out before you. We talk about the factory that produces her products in Bangladesh and how she is helping girls there dare to dream about bigger things. It's a great conversation. Come back next week. You guys also, I hope I got to meet some of you last weekend at the Therefore Conference. Oh, I love what they're doing. Second of all, I'm gonna be in North Carolina this weekend. So if any of you are coming to the Pursue the Passion event in Winterville, please come say hi. Guys, have a great week. Enjoy your week. Share the show with a friend and have a happy hour with a friend. I'll see you guys next week here with Darby. Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode.